Hello and welcome to the Mixer Rap Podcast. I'm your host, DJ B. Wise. This is a podcast where we talk about hip-hop from boom bap to trap. We're a group of hip-hop enthusiasts from multiple eras trying to bridge the gap in hip-hop. My co-hosts are Kev and DJ Reaper. So for tonight's episode, we're going to be jumping into a stream or no stream of Little Dirk's new project, 7220. And we're also going to do our favorite segment, The Flavor. So let's jump into it with our social media plugs. You can follow us on Instagram at Mix Era Rap Pod. Again, that's Mix Era Rap P-O-D. You can follow us on Twitter at Mix Era Rap. Reaper, tell them where you can find you on social media. You can find me across Instagram, Twitter, WeChat if you're on that Asia thing, and Mixcloud if you're into DJ Mixes at the 313Kid. That's T-H-E-313-K-I-D. All right, that's what's up. So let's jump into it with our streamer, no stream of Lil Dirk's project. And here we go. No 7220 like my grandma had just. It's like a whole story I want to get on my chest for real. Nooski stayed downstairs, the first floor under Granny Crib. The streets gonna be the streets for sure, I know she hate me still. Let my cousin nice is cool, she lost her mama, she a lady still. Granny got all time, but I can't forget she kept it real, now she made it good. Before the odds, we fighting niggas inside the neighborhood. Water bill was high as hell, I went next door to fill the jug. Laundromat was packed, I had to grab the soap and fill it up. Three-bedroom, it was eight people. All right, and that was started from off of Lil Dirk's project, 7220. So let me start off with the question. Let me start off, fellas, with this question. The production on this project. What are your thoughts on the production on this project by Lil Dirk? Kev? I, I liked it. I mean, if if I had to say anything, it's just uh, some of the auto-tune I could have did without. Um, I liked it better when he was rapping. But, like, overall, I really liked it. That's not production. I, I know, but it was just... I feel like I feel like it's those it's it's certain songs where certain rappers these days feel like they have to do the auto tune and when but it sounds better when they don't. So it's just I, I don't know. It's 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 I know it's hard to explain I'm, and I'm making it sound real complicated. I like the production on this album. I'll say that. <laughs> All right. That that's a long way around, but we feel I know. <laughs> so, uh, Reaper, your thoughts on the production on Lil, Dirk, Lil Dirk's new project? It's not bad. I think he, I think he did a good job of picking beats that he that fits his style and delivery. Um, he picked a lot of beats that he could just ride, even though he wasn't saying a ton. But are the beats great? No, nah, not really. Are the beats phenomenal, above average? No, nah, not really. I think they're, and you're going to hear me a lot when we talk about this project today. When I was listening to it, I was just kind of like, you can't see my face right now. But I was like, hmm, all right. Hmm, okay. Hmm, that's decent. So that's my answer. And that's what's up, Reaper. I feel you on that. For me, man, I really uh, thought that uh, most of it was average trap, but that there were a few occasions on the album where he really uh came out of his beat picking box and picked some things that were uh, tolerable for uh, a wider audience. That would be my uh, interpretation of the production. So uh, overall, uh, a decent, a decent look for the, for the young man. So uh, let's jump into it with the next song that we thought was notable from the project and let's get it. 
Make free codes, bite the pillars. I cut coke for dealers. If he got more bodies than you, you can't look bro the nigga. You hustle back if he the plug, then why you poke the nigga? If you got power with that Tommy, you can ghost the nigga. I fuck a bitch, her pussy dry, I might use lotion with her. Live by the gun, you dying bad, them niggas ain't coaching niggas. Really got left for noodles, no pit who's born to poodles. That shit with mood and poodle, that shit do feel like voodoo. You say you got good gas, that shit be doodle. That shit full full fish, crack kids, that shit on all right, and that was Golden Child off of uh, Lil Dirk's new project, 7220. So let's, uh, I'm going to give a two-part question on this one because uh, he didn't have a lot of features, so I don't want that to be the main, the main part of this question. I want to know, we already heard from Reaper a little bit about his flow on this one. Did you think that he improved his overall art of music making as far as his, his, his raps? And what did you think about the features? Let's jump into a Reaper first. Like you said, not a ton of features. Uh, we're going to talk about a notable one in just a bit. But um, I think the we talked about the beat selection was a bit, you know, monotonous at times, kind of the same, kind of just typical trap stuff in 2022. But the raps are decent, you know, are decent. It's not double entendres or punchline flow or i'm not saying that he's like blowing us out of the water however a lot of the tracks are actually really introspective really talking about like stuff from his life which is uh better at least if you're just gonna pick kind of some whatever beats or similar beats throughout the project you could at least try to talk about some stuff on the record so i'm okay with that with the the flow the delivery and what he's talking about i will say since the beat selection is a bit monotonous and since he's talking about some overlapping topics with it being 17 tracks i will say he could have cut off some of that fat and made it like 13 tracks or 12 and it would have been a tighter album if you ask me but yeah well let me throw this one at you reaper what do you think about the curation of it then you know what i i knew you were gonna ask that and i looked down at the track list when i was looking at it it is not a very complicated formula, but especially the first half of the album, maybe track one to 10, it's like almost to a T. It's like two introspective tracks, turn up track, two introspective tracks, turn up track, two introspective tracks, sort of turn up track, like more, you know, beat is moving a little bit more. And then the second half, like after track nine, 10, 11, it, it switches up a little bit, but it's not a complicated uh, curation, but at least perhaps the engineer put a little bit of thought into that, not just putting all the turn up songs, seven tracks in a row, and then like seven sleepy tracks in a row. You know, that would be bad. But again, like I said, just two, one, two, one, two, one, boy, girl, boy, girl, boy, girl. You know, it's like, mm, all right, <laughs> you know, all right, especially when. It seems like some people nowadays have zero curation, have zero thought order, uh, zero ideas about which track should come before or after which track. So, again, all right. All right. Yeah, that's what's up, Reaper. I feel you on that one. Uh, I'm, I'm in the same box on that uh, curation thing as well. I thought that uh, initially it was very well done. And then towards the latter part of the uh, of the project it, it got a little monotonous and and could have been just a tad bit better but for where he's been 
to where he is now, I think it is an amazing amount of growth. Uh, the introspective part of, of the project was amazing. I, I, I think I've mentioned this in past podcasts that uh, I think uh, the joining of he and little baby during that project that they did together kind of really gave him a a, a vision to where he was headed because it always seemed initially like he was talented, but he didn't have, you just didn't know where he was going. It was just like, all right, trap, 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 guns, 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 bitches, bitches, bitches. And it's like, come on, dude, you got more than that in you. And I think once he got with little baby, he was able to see that you can, you can step out a little bit. You don't, you, you know, your fans won't leave you just because you're, you're growing. And uh, I thought that this project definitely, he showed a little bit of that. Uh, Reaper, let's let you anchor this one. Your thoughts on <laughs> the features and his art, his artistry. It's back to me again. What about Kev? <laughs> oh, I didn't. I'm sorry. I said Reaper. I'm sorry. I meant to say Kev. <laughs> I think this is one of his best albums that he's um, put out in the past. What maybe five years or so. I mean, you know, outside of that collaboration with Lil Baby, but um, I, for for me, it felt long. And I, I know it's like 18 songs. It's like 47 minutes. It's, it's under an hour, but it felt longer than an hour. And 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 I don't I don't know. Like Reaper was saying, like he could have cut it down some. Maybe he could have knocked it down to like 13, 14, but it just felt very long to me for some reason. But um yeah, overall, it was just it it, it felt different though, too. It just it didn't seem like the stuff he's been putting out recently. It felt like like you said, he had some growth. Um, it was a little personal. Um, it's almost like he's kind of stepped out this box a little bit, even though it's still these modern day or these trap beats, and it has that sound to it. But it it did it just felt different though. So yeah, but I, I mean, you know, whatever he did, put it together. I think it was it was needed. Um, I'm looking at this producer's list. I'm not sure who's this guy, Touch of Trent, but uh, that's somebody he might want to. I don't know if he's worked with this guy or not before, but it, he did a excellent job on some of these songs that he produced, and that might be somebody he might want to, you know, do a whole thing with in the future if he's going to rap like this. Yeah, I'm with you on that, Kev. Me, I, I think so as well. I think that uh, the tracks that um, that producer uh, did were some of the better tracks on the project. So definitely want to look into working with him more in the future. You know, maybe he was an Atlanta dude or maybe he's a Chicago dude, but we'll find out. Cause again, here, here's my thing leans me to thinking he might be an Atlanta dude because of the future and the gunna uh, connections as far as the features are concerned, but that's neither here nor there. It may not even be close to where the, the young man is from that's done the production. Um, one more question to you, Kev. What are your thoughts on that Summer Walker track differences? I mean, I, 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 I don't know. I feel like it's a, it's a it's a little different vibe for him. But I, you know, I enjoy it overall. I'm kind of indifferent on Summer Walker at the moment. You know, I don't think she's a bad artist. It's just her past two albums have been so like just sad and this heartbreak music, and I'm like. When you gonna get out of that? So I'm kind of like, eh, when I listen to Summer Walker, I'll be like, okay, I can kind of do without her. But it it was a nice added touch on this album, though. Same here, Kev. Same here. I really thought that it was definitely a very nice addition. It softened 
the album a lot. I just wish it would have been higher up in the hierarchy because if we go by you guys' uh, assumptions, that song would have been cut off. <laughs> it would have been one of the ones they left off because of the. Not necessarily cut off, but you know, it it it, it was a few songs towards the end that you could have did without. Not to say they, you know, they weren't they were okay. And some of them did kind of feel a little filler-ish. But I mean, you know, if you get a summer walking feature, you're not gonna you're not gonna let that go. No doubt, no doubt on that. All right, fellas. So we're gonna jump into this last song that we thought was notable from the track. And here we go. Yeah, man, that was uh, Broadway Girls featuring Morgan Wallen. We're going to jump into it with this question. Two questions. Number one, want to hear your overall thoughts of the entire project. Secondly, what were your thoughts on where he was bringing in Morgan Wallen to do this project, and this song? And then we're going to go with the stream or no stream. So, uh, I, I, let me, you know what? Let me start this one off. And let me just say that when I, again, you guys that listen to the podcast on a regular know, I always talk about growth, 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 growth. This addition to the track, even though it was the last song, I think I, I thought he was whoever the engineer or whoever the A&R people were, they were scared and did not want to put this higher up in the in the track list. I think it should have been higher up. I think it was a quality production as well as Morgan Wallen doing his thing on on the wheels. I mean, he was he was just breaking it down. I enjoyed it a lot. I, I just it's growth. It's growth for a cat that was stuck in a space for a while for me. And I just thought the overall project in general showed some growth. Again, the curation was spotty, but overall was I, I know I would give it a, a B minus as far as the curation is concerned. And for me, I say this is a stream, 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 stream. So uh Kev, your thoughts on this particular track with Morgan Wallen, Broad, Broadway Girls, and your overall thoughts on the project and Streamer No Stream. It was a pleasant surprise. I didn't expect that at all. And after hearing it, I'm surprised. I don't even know what the lead single on this album is, but I feel like this should be it, though, because I think that it, you know, people who are not familiar with Morgan will kind of think of, um, Nas X and, and, you know, that country rap vibe and and they'll, you know, get into it because of that. But at the same time, hopefully that some people will kind of be like, OK, let me listen to this guy and hear his music. But yeah, it was it was I, I don't know. I, it was good. It was it was it was very good. Like like I said, I think it should be his lead single if it's not. And they should do a video. And, you know, overall, I think it's a stream for me. Like I said earlier, I could do a lot. I could do without some of that auto tune or some of the songs, but you know, that's, that's just a minor thing. But overall it, it was good. Like one of the best things he did in X number of years, but 
you know, if this is where he's at now and can keep moving forward, I think he could kind of, you know, climb up into that, you know, top 10 of um, the young rappers of today. Yeah, I'm with you on that one, Kev. I'm telling you, I think that it's definitely a, a good look with um, Morgan's uh, uh, verses on this particular track and definitely should have been moved a little further up. Let's let uh, Reaper anchor this one. Reaper, your thoughts on the track, the overall project, and streamer no stream? Uh, yeah, like he said, uh, Kev said, sort of that little Nas country, country rap vibe. So the record Pissing Me Off was the first single, and then Broadway Girls was the second single, Aha is the third single. And then he did the the re-release or the deluxe version or whatever that's supposed to be with that extra track, Computer Computer Murderers, I think it's called. That's the fourth single. And uh Wait, you say it's a bonus track? Yeah, he like released the album and then like a week later he re-released the album but just put one more song on there for whatever reason. Oh, so okay. All right, cuz that's the first song for me cuz I just listened to it. So, okay. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's strange too cuz it it pushes all of the tracks backwards one. Like the bonus track isn't at the end, it's the first song. Right. Right. Yeah, which is really strange, but okay, fine. And um, what was the question besides stream or no stream? The overall project, your thoughts on it. Oh, uh, yeah, kind of the same thing I've been saying. It's, uh, it's decent. It's not bad. It's, uh, you know, whatever synonyms you want to stick in there. The production is a bit monotonous, but I appreciate the introspective uh, stories and uh all of that stuff if if it was tighter even if you did that two one two one you know introspective sort of borderline emo songs stick you know three or four turn up songs in there you could have made the album like 10 songs maybe like 11 songs and uh it would have been because he, I saw the a thing that said he was aiming for no skips. It would have actually possibly been no skips if it was shorter. It's just when you get into that back half, it's like, mm. so you saying his ten best songs? Yeah, I think if you, I think if you, because again, if it's two one, so like introspective, introspective, you know, trap turn up. If you do that three times, that's nine songs, and then you do Broadway Girls. That's 10 songs. I think that's, I'm not going to say it's flawless because he could pick the wrong, <laughs> the wrong song. But I think you would virtually have no skips because uh, I wasn't even interested in skipping a, a, a song until maybe track 12 or so. And uh, I'm not here to drag uh, your boy through the dirt, but the Morgan Waller guy, apparently he was caught on camera saying a racial slur i didn't see what he said but i did see that uh when i was reading about the album maybe that's why they put it at the end because it was like well he he's in some heat right now maybe i don't know but uh it is a single and they did make a video for it we thank you for that news man i was unaware of that again i was purely going oh yeah i see it here <laughs> yeah. wow okay but it's saying that this may bring him out of that whole cancel culture. Wow. That's uh that's very interesting. Very interesting. Thank you for that news. 
it makes me look at the song a little different. But uh, I, again, I did enjoy it. Uh, unfortunately, we have to deal with those things here and there. Uh, hopefully he's learned from uh, the mistakes he's made and won't uh, do those things moving forward. All right. And did you and did you said stream, right? Yeah, stream. But it again, just just not a like, not for the record, not. Yeah, man, stream this, but not, <laughs> but not like, I mean, you could stream it, I guess. It's not like that. It's it's very across the board. Like, yeah, you know what? Give it a stream for the record. That's what's up. So that was our streamer no stream of Lil Dirk's project 7220. <laughs> All right. Now we're on to our segment that we really, really enjoy on this podcast, and that is the flavor. So up first on the flavor for today is DJ Reaper's pick. And here we go. Yeah, man, that was Charmer by the Stray Kids, and that was Reaper's pick. I'm going to jump in first and just say that I thought that the production on it was fire. Love anything I can dance to. The drops were on point. Uh, the only thing I would say that was not a big fan of for me, I thought that the uh, the, the the bridge was was a little weak and that uh, it could have been a little bit better on the bridge. But uh, overall, you know, it was really, it was enjoyable. You know, something I don't know how often I would listen to it, but I love uh I love Reaper bringing the international feel to the podcast. And uh, I'm not familiar with the language on the second verse. And he might be able to help me with that when he gets uh, when, when he explains the track, why he chose the track. So uh, let's kick it in with uh, Kev. Kev, your thoughts on Reaper's pick Charmer by Stray Kids. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it was very, like you said, very danceable track, very upbeat. Feel good music. You know, something I, you know, I, I play that in the car by myself or with my family and you know we, we're gonna have a good time so yeah I, I really i really dig that track that's what's up kev uh reaper your thoughts on picking uh charmer by stray kids uh so yeah stray kids is a k-pop group from korea uh big group is eight or nine dudes and um the interesting thing about k-pop is because it's changed just like you know pop or top 40 in the united states has changed over the years it's it's a it's a, a sound of the times so it has traditional you know k-pop elements in there you know with it being a big boy band or whatever the singing and like synchronized dance and the video and stuff but since hip-hop is the thing right now it's got a lot of hip-hop elements in there it's got some trap elements in there even the flow and stuff but even like the drops of like top 40 in the united states or electronic trap so it's a, it's a cool mashup of like popular music culture. And um, 
I really like because uh, I really like classic rock too. Uh, one of my favorite bands is Kiss, and I really like the harmonization when they would all sing together. So when the on the chorus when he charmer charmer charmer, you know, I can't harmonize like them, like, but I really like that part. So that's why I picked this one. They just dropped an EP last week called Ordinary, not not ordinary, Ordinary ODD, and they're going on tour soon and. Like I said, it's been out uh, maybe a week. I think it came out on the 21st or the 22nd. It's It's been blazing the Korean charts. It's number one everywhere. So, yeah, the rest of the EP, too, is, is actually worth listening to if you like this song. There's a, a lot of similar tracks on there. They actually do a, a the last track on the album I for, or the EP. I forget what it's called, but it's, it's like a boom bap song. Like, it's flat out boom bap. So, um, it's cool that they... You know, like if you get to a certain popularity level in Korea, you don't have to just stick to the script. You can kind of branch out and like do stuff that you're actually interested in. And, you know, a ton of Asian kids like uh, old school hip hop and like B-boy, you know, era stuff and blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, if you like how it sounds, check it out. Uh, Ordinary Stray Kids. All right. That's what's up, man. Really appreciate you bringing that to the flavor. Now we're going to jump into it with Kev's pick. Let's get it. Yo, bus, let me get it back for it, nigga. <laughs> Yo, Pipe Dog is in the building. Red Man is in the building. Buster Rhymes in the building. Remix. <laughs> Peak the rebirth of the reborn as I rebuild. Reconnect with this rebel, redefining raw skill. I realign, readjusted, refocus, reanalyze what's real versus bullshit. Had to refuel, reactivate, to reemerge, reevaluate, recalculate. Bitch, I return, redefine, re-energize, get reappointed. Rhythm Kings Incorporated, roots we made it. Yeah, man, now that was the nutshell part two featuring Buster Rhymes and Red Man, and that was Kev's pick. Uh, Reaper, your thoughts on Kev's pick? Who is this on by? Is it by Buster Rhymes or Fife Dog? Oh, Fife Dog. But what? Fife Dog from Tribe Called Quest died. Didn't he? Didn't he die? He still had music, and they obviously did a remix of it. All right. Well, all right. Well, where's Q-Tip? Is he involved in this? He may have done the production or something like that, but no, it's it's it, the title. I'm sorry, the uh, listing on it is a uh, nutshell part two by Fife Dog featuring Busta Rhymes and Red Man. All right, gotta dive into that a little bit. Yeah, it was um yeah pleasant surprise. Uh, it's cool every once in a while. I believe it was Russell Simmons that said the illest thing you can do production wise is just a drum beat and just nothing else, just drums and just let them rap. And it's good to hear that every once in a while. So just, you know, simple kind of sample drum loop and just rap, you know, just take it back to the basics. So, um, yeah, that was tight. Buster Rhymes wordplay is really good when he wants to be. Sometimes it's rapping super fast. Sometimes it's, you know, normal pace and he does a, a lot of really good wordplay. So that was cool. Yeah. I'm, uh, I don't want to say I'm not mad at it. Higher praise than that. I'm not amazed, but somewhere between I'm not mad at it and above average. 
All right, that's what's up. That's a that's a win coming from DJ Reaper. So, <laughs> all right, I'm gonna jump into it with my two cent and just say that for me, uh, the drum beat uh, was excellent. Uh, whoever produced it did a really good job. Uh, I will say that Redman overall killed it all. You know, I, I think actually I'm not for sure. I have to go back and listen to it again. But from Nutshell 1, it might be some of the same lyrics, not all of them, from Fife Dog. So some of I think some of his bars had some of the same lyrics from the first Nutshell, but I'm not for sure. I definitely have to listen to it again. But overall, definitely Buster did his thing. But Red, man, when Red came in, that was, yeah, he really shined on that, which he normally does. As, you know, most rappers would tell you, Red Man is the, is the rapper's favorite rapper. You know, he does his thing. Uh, it was a really nice pick from Kev. I appreciate him bringing the boom bap to the table, and uh, that's what it is. So, uh, Kev, your thoughts on uh, picking Nutshell Part 2 by Fife Dog? For Reaper, uh, the track list says Dilla produced this beat, but Nutshell Part 1 actually was released before he passed away, and there's a video. He got a video with him, Buster, and Red Man that he was able to do. In my opinion, I like part one better than I like two, but there's nothing wrong with this one. Yeah, overall, you know, Fife was able to do music before he passed. So, you know, a lot of the stuff is him and it was stuff that he recorded for this album here. You know, you know, a few slight changes because I, I think that with most um, after death albums, we, you know, an artist doesn't actually complete it. But but it, it, I don't know. It's a, it's part of it that you really couldn't tell that he didn't complete the album, but um yeah I really I, yeah you know like he said you know the song's upbeat it's a good Dilla beat and everybody played into that theme and and, it, and I think it works. Yeah man, definitely on point with that one. They they definitely uh, everybody made it work, and uh, I appreciate you guys bringing that to the table. So uh, now we'll move on to my pick, and here we go. It's hard to hate on the truth, I'm living in enough men hate with the lies instead Counting cash with the phone to my ear, I feel like meek on a private jet Life or death, five, five, eyes, fires, potential wifey In the street, respected highly, in the street, protected I do know my man, but I don't trust him, trust that bees in the trap, disgusting Stick with a stick, PVA, PDA, kiss that in public, South London, why I made my South London's why I made my Alright, that was starlight by my man Davey and uh let's jump into it with uh kev kev your thoughts on my pick starlight by Davey <clears throat> i thought it was someone else uh and i can't figure out who it is but i i like it though yeah is that skepta or is it dave no that's Davey you sure <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at the, the track list right now it's Davey all right you say dave i say Davey no all right it it uh, yeah, I, I thought Skepta at first, too. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but so, you know, I that means I like it then because I'm a big Skepta fan. So and it has very it sounds just like him. So I, I really like it. Um, yeah, I got to get more into Dave's stuff. But, um, you know, what I like, you know, I like his stuff so far. But, yeah, I'm, I'm just yeah, I'm still trying to get over that. So <laughs> but now nah, it's a good song, though. All right, that's what's up. Appreciate that. Uh, Reaper, your thoughts on my pick, Starlight, by Dave. Yeah, it was decent. I definitely thought it was uh, Skepta. 
um, has that grime flow, but uh, it's actually pretty slow for a grime song. Like grime songs are usually a lot more of beat, a lot more in your face. So interesting that it was a, a stripped back song, just sort of like even the, the percussion wasn't super heavy. It was just the sample kind of and almost nothing else. So interesting take. Um, I didn't hate it. <laughs> All right. I appreciate that, Reaper. Uh, you know, my reasonings for choosing this. And let me just start off by saying the only reason I, I call him Davey is because of the television show about the white rapper named Dave. So to separate the two, so people don't get it mixed up in this area. Area, but his name is Little Dicky. I know. Well, what is the name of the show? But even on the show, he no. But even on the show, he calls himself Little Dicky. Was this say UK Dave? No, I understand that, but I'm saying the name of the show is Dave, and I'm like, I don't want no confusion with this particular artist. Because I like Dave. I like Dave. I like Stormzy. Those are my dudes. I get down with them left and right anytime they drop something. And that is really the biggest reason why I chose this. I'm not saying this is the greatest thing that Dave has put out. But for me, anytime he puts out something, it's usually pretty decent, if not above average. And I found the production on this to be widely different than what he's done in the past. So that's why I was like, wow, this is uh, extremely uh, interesting because I was thinking about uh, a Nikki track and I said, chose this one. It was, it was between uh, one of Nikki's collabs she's done recently and this track here. And Dave just does it for me, man. He, he is uh, nice witted um, for that UK sound. You know, he, he's, you know, it, it uh, we, we should have that debate. Who's leading the pack in the uh, UK. And uh, that may be one of our upcoming shows because I really believe that UK has something to say and that those, those, those young men and young ladies over there are really putting it down. You know, I enjoy their music a lot. And, um, you know, I appreciate Reaper not shitting on that particular track. So it's a win for me. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. And shout out to, shout out to Dave. He's on the, the latest season of top boy in it. Oh, he is? He's on Top Boy this year? Oh, man, I got to check that out. That's what's up. So that was our our favorite uh, segment, The Flavor. <laughs> All right, so now we're going to finish off this uh, episode with uh, Talking Hip Hop. And uh, our topic for talking hip hop this week is the slaughterhouse beef. We're going to let Kev give us a little background on it. And if uh, if he can, and then we'll jump into what's going on and, uh, you know, have a little discussion on the whole, uh, you know, debacle going on with the group that we at least me, I think, is the, the bomb. They were they, they really put it in back in the day. So, uh, Kev, take it away. So, uh, uh a group of four, you know, MCs, underground MCs, um, Royce the Five Nine, Joe Budden, Crooked Eye, and jo Joel Ortiz came together and formed Slaughterhouse. Um, you know, they started off, I think, yeah, they started off with a mixtape and then they start then they got signed to Shady Records and then whatever happened between Eminem and Joe Budden kind of broke everything up. And, you know, over the years 
fans have been wanting them to, you know, get back together and, and you know, put music out because, uh, let's see, it's two or three. I wish I had it in front of me. It's like two or three, you know, like one or two albums and like a mixtape or something. You know, they always put out good quality work. And I mean, it's 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 for four good rappers. So it's like, you know, when those guys get together and can do an album and the album's good, you, you hate to see them break up in some way. But being signed to a label and you're kind of under that label's control. So it's not like, you know, it's not too much you can do. So if Joe Budden feel like he don't want to work with Eminem anymore, you know, that's it. <laughs> that's it for the group. So, you know, over the years, everyone... No one has actually said they don't want to record again. And, you know, people point fingers at Joe Budden, but Joe's been clear. He's like, I don't want to do it on Shady. He's never said he doesn't want to do it. He just said, Shady is it. Get us off of Shady. Then we can go back in the studio and do an album. My personal opinion, I think it's, I think I kind of think it's BS because, you know, even if you see the interviews or, you know, things that have been said on podcasts or whatever, it doesn't seem like these four guys are actually beefing with one another. It's whatever business move Joe Button didn't like from Shady Records, that's the problem. And, you know, you can't really fault somebody. I mean, you know, you can say, well, you should have read the contract or you didn't have to sign the contract or agree to the deal, which is true. You didn't have to sign. You didn't have to agree to the deal. But, you know, after you sign a contract, you know, but, you know, sometimes after you, you know, you sign a contract and you gain some success and get fanfare, you do want to renegotiate. But, you know, it's, it's I don't know. It's kind of like, yeah, you signed the deal. So, it doesn't matter how popular you got. <laughs> this deal says you got to uphold to it. So I hope, you know, at some point they work things out. Uh, I am surprised that Eminem has kept them under his his label for so long because he, he claims to be such a big hip hop fan. And, you know, a lot of underground rap fans want to see them get back together. So it's a thing of for the love of the music or for the money what what do you do and I, I you know i can't fault him for saying hey you guys are going to make money why can't i get a piece of it i already got you on the contract so you know it it, it remains to be seen what happens next yeah i'm with you on that one you know herein lies where the problem uh happened so from just the general information from the live that uh buttons joe buttons did and uh and and royster five nine they were discussing the fact that crooked eye was out there shopping a deal without getting a full cooperation so here, here's what's happened here's here, shady finally let them buy themselves out of the contract finally and uh the four members put together money and bought themselves out so they now own the name slaughterhouse and they will be able to make music and own the masters themselves so with that being that they're equal partners that means no one can out you know can say you can't go shop a deal so crooked went out and shopped a deal and joel i guess he and joel talk more than uh, than the other two do and they agreed on a the deal they call up 
Royce and say, Royce, hey, we got this going on. Are you in? Royce says to Crooked and Joel, hey, I'm not doing it. If Joe's not doing it, we're a group. Well, this pisses off Crooked. And then Crooked is like, yo, Joel, we're going to do this on our own if they don't want to do it because Joe has already said he doesn't want to. He's retired. So therein lies where the confusion comes in at is that the miscommunication through Crooked and Joe caused this issue, at least in my assumption of how everything is going on from all the podcasts and live and lives and all the just everything that's going on. Because actually uh, Crooked has gone on live as well saying, you know, these dudes didn't support us when we was trying to put something together to feed our families. And it's just a, 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 a quagmire of, of craziness that if these men of their age got together and, and, and had a real conversation, they could have squashed all of this and and put together what everybody wants them to put together. And that isn't the camera, though. Like, I don't think the public needs to see no doubt any discussions that they're having, because I think it plays into whatever problems they may have. But, you know, like I said, my personal opinion is I don't think it's as bad as it looks in a public view, though. Uh, no doubt. It's, the, the issue is, you know, Royce and Joe going live on Instagram when they should have been calling to one another. Now they're saying that what they, now you heard this, what they said on the podcast was that there had been multiple opportunities for them, uh, you know, calls made and not calls answered for them to squash or come up with what, uh, what the plan was and that they were, they didn't get any communication back from crooked. So you got Joe and Royce blaming crooked and you got Joel blaming Joe and Royce. So it's it's a quagmire, man. That's all I can say is that I really want these two, you know, these four guys to get together and put together something. But, you know, from the last podcast with Royce on uh, Joe Budden's podcast, I don't know if it can happen. You know, I really don't think it's possible now. I think Joe, even though he handle, he's trying to handle it professionally or with some some bit of decorum, I think Joe's hurt behind it that. I set out all this time to give you guys an opportunity to own your own masters. And this is what you guys do to me. And it didn't help that the project's not that good. And I know in past interviews, Royce has said Crooked Eye is one of the best rappers he's ever dealt with. And for, you know, from I, I heard, I don't know if you guys have heard the project, but I've heard the project, the tracks where they weren't complaining about what Joe was doing were very mediocre. And uh, I don't even think it's worth reviewing it's, it's just not a quality project. It's not. It's not a quality project from these guys. These guys, you want to hear some real fire from. And overall, it, it just it was almost like I would say for Reaper, it was an emo. It was an emo project with them just complaining the entire time. So, guys, if you guys hadn't hadn't heard it, I tried to lay it out best I can. We're going to let Reaper finish this one off. Reaper, your thoughts on this whole Slaughterhouse beef. Well, I think you guys said everything that needs to be said. Uh, word to the wise, don't type in Slaughterhouse Beef on Google because it's going to bring up <laughs> images of Kobe and Wagyu. Uh, but again, if that's what you're looking for, then. Uh, but um, I did really like the first Slaughterhouse record and just the idea of them coming together as a super collective, you know, big wrestling fan. Sometimes you got to get two B-list guys or a B-list guy and a C-list guy and 
you know, turn things upside down and your group becomes an A-list group kind of thing. So I really like that idea in wrestling, you know, but to put it into the hip hop world is super cool. But um, I'll end it by saying this, what group ever, like ever, like not just hip hop, like ever has actually lasted the test of time? There, there's a group that has lasted and I'm trying to zero wait no 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 there is one and I'm, I'm i'm the name is escaping me right this second zero that's lasted how how long he say that's lasted ever um because every every group ever they either break up or somebody wants to go solo and they break up or there's contract issues somebody dies there's create I mean, contract issues is different, though, man. Nah, no, it's not. But then there's creative differences. But there's, you know. So okay, so and again, they might, they might break up and get back together, but okay, de- define De La Soul then. That's what I was just going to say. De La Soul. And- you you gonna say contract issues with them? No, no, no. There's no contract issues. De La Soul and Houdini never broke up. Maybe you can have De La Soul. Maybe you can have that. But again, one. One. Beastie Boys. Houdini, Beastie Boys. They had some static there for a couple of years. They they didn't let it affect their their record uh overall coming out, but why did when it took uh the five boroughs so long to come out? Because there was some static there. I thought that was record company status, not static, not not there, not between the artists. No, I don't think so. But but again, again, just for the sake of the argument. Beastie Boys, De La Soul, Houdini. <laughs> that's three. That's that's three out of six million. You know what I mean? Like it's a few. It's very few. It's uh, you know, I hate to put that on them and just put bad energy into the air, but right, it was bound to happen. Like groups don't last. They just don't last. Even and sometimes they even just flame out. Yeah. Definitely, I would agree with you on the flame out that people, for some reason, just don't give groups enough love. I mean, but I, I mean, I mean, to be honest, I, I don't think they could. Nothing against any of the four, but I don't know if in twenty twenty two they could put out a good album as a group together right now. And I like all four, but I don't know if let's say let's say they work through contract issues and whatever situations personals they have i'm not sure if they can actually put out a quality album that's a tough one just because the allegory was so good by uh work to five nine uh i definitely haven't heard from button so we don't know what his capabilities are crooked again still one of the one of the most underrated rappers of all time and Joel is consistently been putting out quality stuff, just not stuff that's getting a bunch of airplay. But if you listen to his stuff, he still he still has the chops. He still can put down uh, some some rhymes. So the only question out there would be Joe. Joe is the question mark because you, you just hadn't heard him in a while. Yeah, but I don't know if they I mean, Royce and Joe, they don't have nothing to prove. They don't have no. They don't have that fire under them. Like, like if if like like you just said, this album that Crook and Joel just did wasn't that great. But Joel just put out an album not that long before this one that was okay. And 
how you went from an okay solo album to a that's a, a borderline trash collaboration. It that doesn't make sense. That that like that knocks you down. That I I I'll say this. That hurts the solo album he just put out. That's what Joe was saying. That what you guys did is you guys killed the group. Right. I mean, and it's even worse when you have a voice that goes online and say, look at the album sales. I'm mad. I'm mad they didn't do better, but those still my brothers. And then for voice to then to turn around and go on Joe's Joe Button podcast and they review the album and they're like, what is this? We expected more. And it was just like it, it felt I'm I like I haven't listened to the album, but just going by the reviews and what people saying, it felt like they rush this collaboration when they should have took their time with it. Definitely. I think that they was trying to get a bag. I think that whoever they, they signed the deal with to do the one track, you know, the one album with, they just like, let's get this money. And they couldn't be patient enough to get everybody on board. So they just rushed it. So you're right on that. And uh, I appreciate you guys for uh, this part of the conversation uh, we hope the best for Slaughterhouse in the future. Uh, <laughs> let's do our uh, social media plugs and get out of here, fellas. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Mixair Rap Pod. Again, that's Mixair Rap P-O-D. And you can follow us on Twitter at Mixair Rap. Reaper, tell them where they can follow you on social media. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, WeChat if you're on that Asia thing, or Mixcloud if you like DJ Mixes at The313Kid. That's T-H-E. 313-KID. All right, that's what's up. Please tell a friend to tell a friend. Follow us on all those social media platforms. Give us us a like on the pod. Wherever you follow us on your pod, please like like the pod so that gets us up in the list. Please do that for us. Thank you so much. We really appreciate you guys. We out of here. Peace. 